Hawks Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hawks Fan TV Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, joined by my ever-so-handsome co-host, Mr. Derek Fries. How's everyone doing? What up, Hawk Nation? Yes, sir. I hope everybody's been staying happy and healthy out there the last couple weeks since we last saw you guys. Uh, not too much has happened in Hawks news. You know, there's the continued rumors of, of the Siakam trade and whatnot, and um some, I don't know if it was cryptic out of Trey Young, the business is business uh, tweet. He was more than likely talking about James Harden and, and Daryl Morey, uh, which is hilarious, but not Hawks related. So we don't go over that too much. Um, but uh, not not too much has happened. The schedule was actually released today. We're, we're recording this uh, just after 3.30 this Thursday afternoon here on August 17th. So the schedule was just released. So we haven't been able to digest it too much. So we'll go over the first couple of months, maybe maybe a couple of marquee games after that, and just a couple of things of note of the schedule. Won't really uh, d- uh, go over the entire thing just yet. We'll save that for maybe a later episode because the content right now is not exactly flowing towards us. So we, you know, we'll uh, we'll take what we can get. Um, we also do have another uh, episode, if you will, or edition of the uh, history of the Hawks. This time, as I mentioned in last uh, last last episode, we'll be going over Mr. Lou Hudson who was an elite scorer in the early days of the NBA, actually has his jersey retired, and is a Hawks legend. Me, uh, me and Derek yeah, both, both have some pretty cool facts about him. He's, he he says some cool ones off air, so I'm, I'm excited to go over that with you guys. But uh, as I mentioned first, we'll get into this schedule. Derek, um, you know, we're opening up in Charlotte against the Hornets. Uh, let's see, it was, I, I believe it was the yes, 25th, the, the 25th of, uh, of October. Um, our first home game is against the Knicks two days later on the 27th. So it's pretty awesome. We get to open up against the Knicks. I'm going to try and make it up from Jacksonville for that one. I know my man Derek is going to be there in the six man section. Derek, how do you feel about getting this home game against the Knicks to start the season? It is, um, it's a treat, man. I mean, it's always a good environment when the Knicks come to town because I don't know if you followed like migration and socioeconomics um geopolitics of the united states but it seems like um everyone from the northeast is moving down here um my wife is from connecticut her family are all you know knicks fans so it's always a fun time and you know even though i love to see them just lose their mind go crazy they are some very knowledgeable basketball fans it's always a fun environment and i love letting them walk away go back to their home here in atlanta after the hawks just beat their tail you know, they brag about how great New York is, yet they all live here. <laughs> right, right. No, I, uh, I'm i excited for that one, man. That's going to be just a fun game, as you kind of mentioned. You know, we've built a little bit of history. I think it it kind of uh, fizzled out a little bit. It feels like here recently, um, I don't see Hawks fans and Knicks fans going at each other's throats as much on Twitter. Uh, but it still happens, you know. We 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 still we still get into it with them every now and then. Sean with a W, I'm calling you out, man. You're you're a good guy, but we 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 <laughs> got into it before. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, you know, it's it's nothing too much of note. I think the uh, the first month of the schedule is is decently favorable for the Hawks. Um, you know, I I could see us going, you know, twelve and six, maybe maybe even as high as thirteen and five in that month sure we're the hawks so <laughs> probably won't go 12 and 6 but when i was going through the schedule for that first month i was like hey man there, there's some there's some more favorable games in here uh obviously in that first month of the schedule we also have the new um in-season tournament which to be completely honest i 
I, I don't know. I, I think I am excited about it. I say I think because, you know, I maybe it'll end up being kind of lame. I don't know. But the idea of it and the gist of what it is, you know, being early in the season and kind of making the beginning of the season just matter a little bit more. I'm 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 honestly down with that. That 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 is cool to me. But I'm also in the uh on on the aisle of let's just shorten the season, start at Christmas and you know, play what was it, 72 games and then go in start the playoffs. What was it like in mid mid-May? The the season after the pandemic when we started late. I think that was the perfect schedule. Um yes, it it, it did mean that baseball didn't have as much time to itself. So maybe the MLB wouldn't be as happy with that. But I would, if I was NBA, I'd say, hey, why don't you show me the ratings to back it up that, you know, you guys deserve the entire summer to yourselves. Um, but yeah, no. So point being is the the in-season tournament is a cool idea, but at the end of the day, it truly is an attempt to make the, the beginning of the season matter more, not only to the players, but to the fans as well. And my argument is at that point, just shorten the season and start on Christmas. So, I mean, I mean, can you imagine if opening day on the NBA every year was on Christmas Day? Like, come on, that's dope. I mean, it's kind of, that would be great. But also, as, as what we've seen with like the NFL and now the NBA, they're looking for ways to, to expand the season, looking for ways it seemed like. And my thing with the tournament is if the players are actually going to go out there and show and actually care, I'm all for it. No, right, right. And that's, what that's that's what I'm saying. That's to be determined. You know, if the players do take it serious and it's this really like intense thing because it's these games, these four games that matter, and then obviously you get into the the tournament in Vegas. Like, yeah, if it ends up being like, you know, d- you know, damn man, that was really exciting. Like, of course I'm all for it, but I feel like it's more of a marketing tactic to make the beginning of the season more meaningful for lack of a better term. And I just feel like at the end of the day, you just got to shorten the season anyways. I mean, look, last point on it, you know, just to kind of further my argument, just a little, you know, so many of these star players, not, not necessarily on the Hawks. I will say like the Hawks players aren't necessarily bad about this, but there are huge names, you know, I'll, I'll call them out quite Leonard most notably that, you know, take these, these days off, you know, and all that. And that's fine. You know, I get it. It's load management and all that. And, and you want to, you know, reserve your body and, and Kawhi's dealt with injury. So maybe he's not the best person to use, but still this load management idea is not something that has always been there in the NBA. So point being is if, if these guys are basically telling you that like, yeah, I'm a star player and you can go ahead and guarantee that eight to 10 games out of the year, I'm not going to play. Just go ahead and, you know, cut down the season by 10 games and make and start it in December and let us basketball fans have basketball even further into the summer because, you know, when when me and you, man, we were going to a park bar right by the stadium, but right by uh, State Farm Arena, and it's like mid July. It was awesome. It was it was incredible. So, yeah, it's much much rather have it like that than you know during the. I'm a football fan first and foremost. <laughs> uh, so also <laughs> less time where it's interfering with football. Especially like in college and NFL, it's like God, but dang! And you got you know postseason, you know, with the Braves, you know, being one of the best organizations in all the sports. Like, hopefully, we go to the World Series this year. So it's like I'm gonna be joking on football, uh, both college and all the teams I love there. My Falcons love the Braves postseason and the Hawks. Like, in which hey, as a sports fan, I'm all for it. But yeah, it will be nice. <laughs> Not have to try to juggle so much at one time. But looking at our schedule, though, getting back to that, Mac, 
Um, I mean, one, we got Milwaukee game three at Milwaukee. That's always a fun time. It's always great. To, you know, it's been some it's great good, battles. It's good, like a uh, test, you know, to see see where the Hawks may be at. And Onyeka versus, you know, Giannis. Like it's always a it's always interesting. Onyeka always seems to like step up his game a little bit for those. Oh yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a Giannis stopper for sure. Um, we I, I do want to break down those uh in season tournament games, but before I do, real quick, I I'm looking at it now. The Hawks do have which look beginning of the season bodies are going to be super fresh, so this isn't that big of a deal. But we got three back to backs within the first three and a half weeks of the season, so I mean that's. That's uh that ain't no joke. So um and we got to you travel to Mexico City on the 9th to play Orlando and then get back right, that's right. get that's back to right. Miami to um play the Heat. Yeah. So it's it's going to it's going to be a busy busy uh busy schedule for the Hawks. There I mean they got what is that four road games out of out of five right there for that stretch. And the fifth road game, that's a good segue is at Detroit, which is going to be our first game in the in-season tournament. I'm just going to go and call that a dub right now. Look, I know Detroit has some young players, some young, young, you know, players that, that could end up being well, obviously Kate Cunningham uh, most notably, but I, I got to be honest with you. They're, they're not there yet. Look, they could sneak it by. It's the NBA. You know, it's, it's not like one of those where I think the Hawks are going to go, you know, win 65, 70 games next year. All right. We're, we're definitely going to lose some, some games and that's all right. That's, that's how an NBA season goes. So they could win, but I'll, I'll go to, Chalk that up as a dub. The next one is going to be a home game against Philadelphia three days later. And that that home game against Philadelphia, um, I got to be honest with you. Like, I I don't know what's going on in Philly right now. It seems like they are crumbling beneath them uh, with everything going on with Harden. And Bede wasn't happy. Uh, I I don't know. I'll be honest with you, man. That's It, it looks bad at, in Philly right now. So if I was a Philly fan, I, I'd be worried about this season – um, I think we can go ahead and guarantee that James Harden won't be in a Sixers uniform when we play him in <laughs> in, in mid in mid November, uh, based on what he said in uh, I, I believe that was China. I believe that's where he was. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, Philly. Philly looks like a train wreck right now. So I'll go ahead and chalk that up as a dub too. So first two games, two and zero. What do you think, man? I'm with it. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Always, I mean, Charlotte, I was, I remember at the beginning of last season, we did drop a game to them out of nowhere. So you just never know. But if this team is going to be serious, they need to come out the gates hot instead of doing like, oh, we're doing what we did the last two years uh, where we just kind of stumble out the gates and then, oh, end of the year, let's put it all together. Like if this team wants to be different from the last couple of years, it needs to come out and just come out with a vengeance and put their foot on the neck of the schedule especially as it's easier now because as you as we flip through we do see like you said in march it becomes a freaking grind so you oh yeah a lot of big time games against big time teams that should be good of course you never quite know between one nba season to the next but right that should be the toughest part of our schedule so we need to go ahead and jump out and you know get top four seed in the east and maintain that because that's what you know we should be looking at top four or five team for you know, I'm done with this play-in stuff. This team should not be a play-in team. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, so the next one in the in-season, in-season tournament is going to be the Indiana game. Um, that's actually going to be four – what is that? Yeah, four days later after Philadelphia game. So, we, we have a we have a nice little break there in between Philly and Indiana. 
Um, it's another home game. I don't think the Pacers are going to be uh, – you know what? Actually, I take that back. The Pacers probably will be a better team next year. You know, they signed Bruce Brown. Um, I can't remember who they drafted, but, you know, uh, they they got Tyrese Halliburton and, and uh, Benedict Matherin, and, and you know, they're they're – they're, you know, that, that 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 could be a good game, actually. That could end up being a good one. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. I think that one could go either way, kind of just like the Philly one, to be completely honest. So, you know, I, I say we're looking at maybe 3-0, 2-1, and then we end it with Cleveland uh, right after um, – we ended with, in Cleveland at the end of November, sorry, on the 28th. And that, that one, honestly, is the one that I think I'm most worried about of the four in-season tournament games. Cleveland, obviously, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, you know, they got Isaiah, I, <laughs> Isaac Okoro is probably their, their, their weakest link. And I mean, look, he's not a, he's not a stud by any means, but you know, I think he could probably thrive more if his responsibility were higher. Actually, you know, I don't know. I don't watch that much cast basketball. I'm not going to pretend that I do. Um, but I, I will say, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a damn good squad they have in Cleveland and, to be completely honest, I, I think you know they 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 could make the the push to be even better this year. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but hey, man, I do think four and zero is actually legitimately possible. We're not we don't have Boston, we don't have Milwaukee, we don't have uh, Miami in there. So I, I do think going four and zero in this in season tournament is possible. And then obviously it'll. Uh, end in Vegas, uh, December fourth through the eighth. December 4th through the 9th, rather, excuse me. Uh, so we'll, we don't know who we would be playing if we made it. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But, hey, man, I like our chances. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it's not just a marketing tactic and the players actually take it serious. But uh, but but it is what it is. We'll uh, we'll wrap up the schedule talk on that. We'll go into the, the Lou Hudson talk now. Um, I'm so excited to talk about Lou, man. I'll let you start off with Lou. Uh, this is a guy that if you've ever been to State Farm Arena and you've looked up and seen a, a number 23 retired jersey uh, named Hudson, this is this guy, Lou Hudson. I know you're probably thinking to yourself, like, who is that? That's Lou Hudson. This is, this is sweet Lou, baby. So I'll let Derek take the mic for a minute and uh, then go, go over uh, sweet Lou a little bit. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a Hawks fan, I've been going to State Farm Arena for years and, you know, Phoenix before, you know, before that. And you always look up and you see retired number 23, you know, Lou Hudson. And to be honest, you know, I've heard of Lou, but, you know, until we did this, never really went and saw like a lot of like, there's not that much old video out there, but, you know, went and watched him play. And like, just overall, right away, you can see this dude is so technically sound. Like, I mean, his jumper, they call him Sweet Lou because of his pull-up jumper and, you know, mid-range jumper. I mean, it's like butter, just freaking smooth. Or what is it? Butter on scallops. <laughs> um, and the thing is, too, is he rightfully in 2022 got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Dominique Wilkins, he was a mentor to Dominique Wilkins. And Dominique has said flat out, he is not only one of the greatest basketball players of his era, but he's also one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. That's high praise coming from Dominique Wilkins right there. And, I mean, he was – the guy's just super athletic, could go along with technically sound, high basketball IQ. He was a four-sport athlete out of um, a Dudley High School in Greenbur Greensboro, North Carolina. He played quarterback. He played first base. He sprinted, played basketball. He was actually part of the first black recruiting class at Minnesota. And he was 
high school teammates with a future NFL Hall of Famer and Charlie Sanders, who, like, just his direct quote about Lewis, he just epitomized, like, athleticism. The dude's just a freak. And this is from another Hall of Famer in a different sport. Like, <laughs> dear God, you had two Hall of Famers on your dang high school football team <laughs> in different sports. And just to show how crazy it was, his junior year, he was an All-American at Minnesota, first team All-Big Ten. And in his senior year, he broke his right hand, which is a shooting hand. He played 17 games with a cast on his right dom- his dominant hand, which is his right hand. And all he did during that time was score 19.8 points per game with 8.1 rebounds um, and did all that with, like I said, a cast on his dominant hand. Dude is a freak. <laughs> um, and then overall, he shot, you know, he was scoring 20.4 points per game over his course of 65 games at Minnesota with 8.9 rebounds, shooting 47% from the field. He not only got drafted by the St. Louis Hawks in 1966, he also got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys at wide receiver. That's how much of an athlete this guy was. That six five, like the dude was, he could play, you know, the two through the two through the three. I mean, two through the four. Oh wow, messing all that up. Um, but he was the nineteen sixty seven NBA All Rookie Team, and that team also had Hall of Famers on it too when they were the St. Louis Hall of Famers and Lenny Wilkins, um, Zeno. Oh man, I can't read my writing. Beatley, Richie, Gurren, and Red Thorn. His second season, he actually had to serve in the military because, you know, 68 Vietnam era. He only got to play 46 games, served in the military. And in 68, he came back to Atlanta, you know, or they came to Atlanta. St. Louis moved to Atlanta. He averaged 24 points per game for five straight years, over 24 points a game from 19, the 1969-70 season on. He and Pistol Pete Maravich, which a lot of people don't realize is, um, you know, he was him and um him and Lou Hudson were they did something that only one other duo of teammates had done prior to them, which is score over two thousand points in a season at the same time. The first people to do it was the logo himself, Jerry West, and um Egg, Egan Baylor. Oh. And yeah, I messed it up there. But Pistol Pete Maravich, another you know Hall of Fame guy. A lot of people don't know his um, from his hometown. Um, you have Theo Vaughn for you young guys out there that, you know, know the Internet personality. You also have Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, the guy that shot Kennedy, allegedly. So his town was full of, you know, a lot of great shooters come from that town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's Lou, Lou Hudson was an absolute legend, man. You know, as you said, he was. Uh, all NBA rookie in 1967. He, you know, was was an elite scorer at a time where, you know, when you look at all those the top scorers in the leagues at that point, most of them were big men because it was just you know Will and Kareem and the and these big guys just dominating, you know, the and Bill Russell as well dominating because of their pure size over these guys. That I mean, I'm not saying that it was just because they were big. You know, they were skilled players as well, but you know, the, the, I don't think the the size for the rest of society had caught up kind of like as now. Um, but yeah, no, man, it's uh, it's it's something something that I thought was really cool about him because I love that you said it. He was drafted by the St. Louis Hawks. So he did have a few seasons in St. Louis, but actually 
1968, when we moved, when the when our franchise moved to the great city of Atlanta, the first person to score a basket in Atlanta Hawks history was none other than Sweet Lou Hudson. So, you know, this guy, uh, as you said, before 2022, um, and, it, and it's actually hilarious when I uh, first looked him up, you know, years ago, he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. And I remember being like, why is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? So, so awesome that obviously he was very recently inducted. It's more than deserved on his end. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, um, as you said, I, I actually have the note that he had a seven-year stretch where he averaged 24.8 points a game. He's a six-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA second team in 1970. He was actually the fourth overall pick um, coming out of Minnesota. Uh as you said, name name Sweet Lou for that smooth and and super effective jump shot that he had. Which you know, I mean, when when you see a, a smooth jump shot, like I know you're some people maybe saying like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, what 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 do you mean? Honestly, like Steph Curry, like just this smooth jump shot, man. It's just pure shooter. It's it just, it just, just pure, pure exactly. He's a pure shooter, man. And that wasn't that was something at that point, man. Back in the you know '60s and, and, and early '70s, that that wasn't something that was you know super common. So. Um, I think he kind of honestly revolutionized that in a way, man. I know that may be a little bit of a jump on some people's eyes for me to say that, but I, I really do. Um, and at the time of him retiring, man, he was such an elite scorer that he was actually the 12th highest scorer in NBA history, scoring almost 18,000 points, which, dude, 18,000 points back then uh, is insane. And I guarantee you the 11 guys in front of him, seven or eight of them were big men. Guarantee it. Like, I can guarantee it, man. Um, so, you know, th- this is a guy that uh, – you know, I, I look. I, I have to know. I got to say it too. He he played forty six games in in the nineteen sixty nineteen sixty seven season. I mean nineteen sixty nine season. Sorry, uh, played forty six games due to the military service, but still averaged thirteen points. Like I mean, <laughs> you know, to to come back from fucking excuse my French from war and still be able to put up points, man. I don't know, man. That's that's that is incredibly impressive. Um. You know, I, I I do think something that is of note of Lou Hudson that I, I noticed as I was looking at his, you know, career averages, he obviously did, you know, very well scoring in, in season, but dude turned it on in the playoffs, man. He turned it on in the playoffs. So th- this guy, it's just literally almost every single statistical category, he had higher averages than playoffs. And I mean, when, when I say higher, like much higher, like it, it's, this dude turned it on in the playoffs. So the definition of clutch, man, um, you know, career high 57 but... points against the Bulls in 69. Uh, I, I thought this one was awesome. He got 49 points uh, in 1970 against the Trailblazers. Zero assists, just straight buckets. <laughs> straight buckets, man. I love it. What's the uh, game plan? Give me the ball. <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. Uh, like, remember when Terrence Ross, like, years ago, got the 31 and it was zero 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 for the rest of the stat sheet. Um, I mean that that's 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 the that's the uh, the 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 start of that man. So I I don't know. Lou Hudson is a guy that he's been get, he's he's he got his flowers here recently, and I'm so glad that he did. So I just you know is, is a guy that that deserves a ton of praise and deserves his number being retired, which obviously he he does have that for the Atlanta. I mean- yeah, like you said, his his stats in the playoffs are even better than the regular seasons. Yes, they, he didn't win a championship. And he actually has a funny quote about that. And he's like, I'll talk to the guys that won championships. And, you know, you know, hey, he said, you know, you 
work your tail off, your chips fall where they lay, because, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm still better than you. <laughs> <laughs> but he did, like, his career for his career averages, like, he played 890 games. That's a long dang time, especially back then when they didn't have the load management that we have today. Um, he's averaged 20.2 points per game, 4.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and 1.4 steals across those 890 games, while shooting almost 50% from the field at uh, 0.489 and at 0.797 from the free throw strike. But the playoffs, it's 21.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, and still 2.7 assists. But that's just absolutely incredible. And then the guy himself, let's not just talk about the basketball, like what he did in basketball. The guy was apparently also a very stand-up dude as well. He won the Humanitarian Award from the um, retired NBA um, Players Association. Um, he also he also did some you know radio announcing for the Hawks after he retired. He retired in 1979. He did spend the last two years with the Lakers out there with Hakeem and them before the you know the Showtime Lakers um, came about. And he sold restaurant equipment. In 1984, he moved to Park City, Utah. He was became a real estate investor. He served on the Park City City Council. And it is estimated and it's believed that he is the first black elected official in the state of Utah. Wow. There you go, Lou. Hell yeah, man. Making history on and off the court. We love that, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, dude. This guy is an absolute legend. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just one of those where when you go back and look at the first 40 years of the existence of the NBA, you could very strongly make an argument that Lou Hudson was a top 20 player. So it's just it's it's something where as Hawks, we, you know, it's I, I don't want to say he's forgotten. It's just that it happened a long time ago. I'm not I'm not, you know, you know, calling out any young Hawks fans for not necessarily knowing Lou Hudson. Um, but I'm hoping any young Hawks fan that is listening to this right now is going to go look up Lou Hudson, look up some stats. They may be a little grainy, but look up some highlights. <laughs> he even has some structural video. That's how technically sound this guy was. Like, yeah, no. Talks about, I mean, this is where you're putting your foot on this. Like, he was raw. He was an athletic specimen who also just technically just sound. Oh, yeah. No, he was, uh, he, he was, he was a badass, man. He was a badass. Um, so, you know, this is this is a guy that is obviously in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's an Atlanta Hawks legend. He's got his jersey retired. He's somebody that um, for a long time was a top 15, top 20 scorer in league history. Uh, so, you know, it's it's an honor to say that he did get to rock the Atlanta Hawk jersey and be an Atlanta Hawk. Uh, you know, I picked Lou Hudson when we were, you know, picking our topics for the history of the Hawks because, you know, I – it's it's exactly why we did it. You know, I, I said it when we were going into it. I I I I understand that the Hawks don't feel like they're the most historical team ever. Um because we only have one championship. I get that, you know. But honestly, when you look at who has the most championships, like you know, number of titles by teams, it's Boston and LA with a, a, a million each. And you know who's second? Chicago with six. So <laughs> this idea that like uh, you know, Boston and L.A. have owned the NBA when it comes to winning championships. Like, they have hoarded titles. So, don't don't think don't think your team – I'm not just talking to Hawks fans. I'm talking to any fan base out there. Don't, don't think your team isn't got a deep, rich history just because you're not loaded and littered with championships. So, Lou Hudson is a guy that 
is an NBA legend, and he's an Atlanta Hawk. Remember that. So it's not just Dominique Wilkins. It's not just, uh, you know, the Spud Webs. It's not just, you know, Joe Johnson of recently. You know, we, we have legends. We have NBA Hall of Famers that helped create a foundation of what the NBA is today. So incredibly honored to have Lou Hudson and uh, incredibly incredibly uh, happy for him that he got it, got into the hall. So, um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap up this, this week's episode on that. As I, as I said, we're doing bi-weekly. So be looking out for an episode here in another couple of weeks. Uh, we will, we, we will pick out another history uh, Hawks history topic to go over with you guys. Hopefully there's some Hawks news. Maybe a trade has happened at this point. I don't really give a, give a, a, a hoot if it does happen or not, man, because I gotta be honest, I'm kind of over it, but we will still be here. No matter what news comes, my friends, we will still be here giving you Hawks, Hawks news in this this glorious podcast that that we uh, that we produce for you guys. So, um, as always, thank you guys uh, for the support. Check us out on. Can't believe I'm saying this instead of Twitter. Check us out on X and Instagram at HawksFanTV.com. I mean, at HawksFanTV. Go to our website to check out our, all of our articles and some other cool content as well at hawksfantv.com. And uh, always, as always, thanks for the support, guys. Yeah, thank you all for the support. Like I said, if anyone has any uh, suggestions for us, we'd love to hear from you. Um, hit us up, Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it today. <laughs> you um, know what? Hit, hit me up on Twitter, man. Don't hit me up. <laughs> Instagram, whatever. Love right. to hear from you all. Um, but, hey, as always, go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby.